Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this opportunity. God, I thank you for this people. God, I pray that you would touch the hearts of every man and woman, boy and girl, this room. God, touch your servant, Lord. Speak to it. Use this vessel. In Jesus' name I pray. John 7, 37 and 38. I'm going to be talking to you tonight about the river. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You may be seated. Let me ask you a question tonight. Boogie, it's not going to get that hot. You can stay in here. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do you have a river? Look at someone and ask them, say, do you have a river? John spoke this as concerning the Holy Ghost. As we look through the Word of God, he used different symbols to represent the Holy Spirit of God. He used symbols like the wind and the fire and the water. But tonight I'm going to deal with the river. We go to the book of Ezekiel 47 and 8 and 11. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and into the sea, which, bring, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything that live, whether the river cometh. Verse 11, But the miry place thereof, and the marshes therefore shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. This is an unusual river. Ezekiel saw a river. And everything that it touched was healed. He said right in the middle of the river was a miry place. It was a swamp. And uh, a swamp is something that takes in water, but nothing goes out. So it just breeds death. The Lord wants us to be like a river. There are people that have become a swamp. They used to be excited about coming to church. They used to be excited about winning souls. They used to be excited about singing in the choir. They used to be excited about working around the church and being an altar worker or anything that there was to go into the nursing home or fasting and praying. You wonder, where did they jo their joy go? What happened to them? I tell you, they're in a swamp. Brother Kuhlman, having living in Louisiana, I know something about swamps. The swamps are not a good place to be. It's muggy. It's damp. There's mosquitoes there. Are you in a swamp? Come on, come on. 
Ask yourself, am I in a swamp? I want to tell you, God wants to do something for people, but people won't let God do something for them. The problem with people is they're takers and not givers. He said, I am the bread of life. I want Sister Diane and Brother Joel to get these baskets. I am the bread of life. We are to be givers of life. The bread of life. We are to be givers. We are the givers of bread. Let me give you this illustration about bread. This is a little basket of bread that represents my experience and your experience with God and how that God has blessed me, the joy, the good news of the gospel. Go ahead. If you don't give your bread away, it becomes stale. It's not good. It's too hard. It's stale. But when you give it away, God will replenish. God will replenish what you give away. Just keep on giving. Just keep on giving. There will be more. I said there will be more. God said if you give, I will give back to you. Just keep on giving. Just keep on giving. There will always be fresh bread if you keep on giving. Like the little woman. You come on, Sister Diane, then hold on to it. Like the little woman. The, the barrel. It never went dry. Why? First of all, she took care of the ministry. It was never empty. She never ran out of meal after that day. You know, we're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. You say, I, I, I'm sick. I can't get well. well why, why would he heal you? You didn't say anything the last time he healed you. Well, I'm just not being blessed. Well, you didn't say anything when he blessed you the last time. You haven't thanked him. You haven't blessed him. You haven't given him any glory. You talk about your own accomplishments. Look what I have. Look what I've been. Look at me. Look at me. Look what I got. But you're not saying, look what God has done for me. You're not saying, look what God has done for me. You wouldn't have anything if God had not given it to you. But how many times do you bless him? How many times do you thank him? How many times do you give him glory? Hey! I thank him. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. This river that's flowing represents the life of God. That that is flowing out of me that's going to touch somebody else. He said it flows from breast to breast. We are vessels. We are the only thing that God can use. We are the only thing that God gets to flow through. He said, I'm going to put a river in you. And it's going to represent the Holy Ghost. And it begins to flow. 
Yes, he laid down his life at Calvary, but he picked it up again in that upper room. 120 vessels and he looked down on the day of Pentecost and that river began to flow out of 120 people and they said they turned the city upside down you know why because there was a flood that came I said there was a flood that came you know what happens when a flood comes it washes out all the old debris when you let a flood flow through your life all the debris that's laying around it's going to clean it all out when that flood when the choir begins to sing and I was watching the choir tonight some of you can't even raise your hands some of you can't even worship God because you've got sin in your life. And I know it. Some of you can't even be in the choir because there's sin in your life. But oh, God, I'd rather you stay out there if you got sin. But when that flow water began to flow, when that river began to flow, it began to flow on me. It began to flow into the audience. The Bible said, with your mouth, confession is made. That word confession means tell somebody. Break your silence. Break your silence. David said, when I kept my silence, my bones waxed old. You stop telling it. You stop letting that river flow through you. When I break my silence, he said, when I kept my silence, my bone waxed old. Some people, you act like you're 80 when you're only 20, 30, 40, and 50. Because you're not saying anything. I am timid, Sister Holland. You're not timid when you get outside that door. We need to break our silence. We need to brag on Jesus. We need to brag on our church. We'd, hey, somebody can get healed in this room tonight. Somebody can get the Holy Ghost in this room tonight because there is a river that's flowing. I could use water, but I don't like drinking water in the pulpit. But so sit down. I'm going to make it. It makes you thirsty when I drink water up here, don't it? From Adam until now, God has used human beings so that river could flow. If somebody, oh, God have mercy. Somebody better listen to what I'm saying tonight. Because God's trying to talk to you, but some of you are trying to close your ears to what I'm saying. I've already said too much now that you don't like. So that river could flow. If somebody gets healed, it's because somebody prayed for you. Brother Tim Gordon, when you was in that hospital, it's because somebody touched God for you. Hey, somebody agreed. God designed it that way. He prepared a vessel that the river could flow through. When God wanted a nation, he called an Abraham. 
When he wanted to preserve that nation, he called a Joseph. When he wanted to deliver a nation, he called a Moses. And to instruct the nation, he called prophets and pastors and preachers and teachers. But everything of those men that passed through that time of preparation, they had to go through something. Some of you don't have an ounce of what this pastor had to go through to get to where I am tonight. You living on heavenly blessing street. When we went through literally almost hell. I don't want to water. Thank you. Thank you anyway. Went through almost literal hell to get this church to where it is tonight. And if you think some numbskull is going to step through those doors and try to change this church and what it stands for. If you ever do something from God and you hear me and hear me well, if you ever do anything for God, you're going to have to go through something. There is going to be a testing. Oh, we can get the little charismatic hip and scot and hip and skip and we can go around here and oh, just... Let me tell you, friend, if you ain't been through nothing, you ain't done nothing. Abraham had the passion. I'm getting getting down to the wire because, you know, I don't have a lot of wind. Abraham had to pass through 25 years walk of faith where every attitude and every emotion of his heart was tested by God. Joseph had to pass through the pit of the prison before he ever got to a palace. See, the trouble is we want to be in a palace and not ever see the pit. Moses was 40 years in the desert before he could deliver the people. The wind is blowing on you tonight. It's just to prepare the vessel. The wind is to expose us. It exposes sin. It exposes lust. It exposes unfaithfulness. It exposes lying. It exposes nitpicking. It exposes gossiping. God is not going to let a river flow through an unclean vessel. That's a swamp. And nothing will flow out of a swamp. Nothing will flow out of a swamp. God is looking for a pure heart and a clean vessel. The problem we have in the church world, people attempt to do the work of God with unclean hands and impure hearts. I'm talking about those little things that, that temper. Just nothing takes it to fly off. Say things you, should, you don't mean or maybe you did mean it at that time. Those attitudes won't speak. God is not going to overlook your mess. I said, God is not going to keep overlooking your mess. 
Let things come in your lives and then struggle trying to get God to move. Trying to force him with unclean hands and impure heart. We profess to have what they had on Pentecost. But now when they can't produce, they imitate. So they get more programs. When they don't have power to lay hands on people receive the Holy Ghost, they'll say, say what I say. When they don't have power to heal the sick, they'll say, don't confess that you're sick. Burn up a fever and then don't confess you're sick. People have lost their holiness. So they lose the real anointing and the power. And then that leads to imitation. That leads to counterfeit. If you don't touch people's lives around you, there's something wrong with your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray, God, let me touch somebody's life. Let the river flow from me to them. How do people know you as a man, a woman of God? That's what I want to be known by. Not a hook, not a crook, not a cheat, not a beat, but a God-fearing child of God. You know, I'll probably be talking about him a long time. But Brother Joe was more popular in his casket. He didn't know what kind of man he was. Because he never let pride. He, just, he was just Joe Fonville that drove an old van. But there was a river flowing from that man. That spilled on, over on others that we're hearing about every day. Sister Nancy went in the druggist, and the druggist there, the pharmacist said, where do you go to church? She told him, she said, oh, I know one of the most precious men that goes to church there. She said, me and my family was out eating one day and said he was sitting by us and said he began to talk to us and said when we got up to leave, he had paid our bill. And then, you saw the other day at this funeral, a little girl was sitting back there in the back crying, and at the end she came down and said something to Chauncey from Barry's Fish House. One of the sweetest men I've ever known. Sister Hilda is in this church today because of Brother Joe Fonville. She was one of the managers at Piccadilly, and he asked her for a date. And she said, where are you going to take me on a date? He said, I want you to go to church with me. Oh, she said, I'm a backslider. I'd rather pass this time. I don't know exact words said, but said, I'd rather pass this time. But you know what? About six years later, he handed her his card with his number on it. About six years after that, Sister Hilda walked through these doors. She walked up to Brother Joe Fonville, and she said, do you remember me? He said, no, I don't believe I do. She said, showed him the card. She still had it in her purse said, you gave it to me. He said, yeah, that's my number. How long you been in this church, Sister Hilda? Twelve years she's still here from that one invitation 
that somebody invited her. Oh, God. Church, will you pray with me right now? What Brother Joe has gained tonight, you and I will never find in this life. I don't know what you're searching for. I don't know what your gold is in this life, but you won't find what he's gained. You and I will never find it in this life. For if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what is your profit? I don't want to be known by my house. And God's blessed me with a nice home. It's not an uptown home. It's a country home. God's blessed me with a nice car and he blessed the clothes. But I don't want to be known by the car I drive or the clothes that I wear. I want to be known by the walk of God that I have. There are people in this house that you haven't had that river flowing in a long time. And you don't even miss it. You've been in a swamp too long. How long has it been since you've been in the river? How long has it been since you've been in that prayer room on Sunday evening? Sister Nancy said it's very scarce down there anymore. Or do you like to come in here and have a hee-haw before church? Then go to the choir without a river flowing in you. Stale bread, nothing to offer. Backslid and don't realize it. While they're singing this, I wonder how many in this room just honest say, Pastor, I realize that river, I'm in a swamp tonight. That river has not been flowing through me like it should. I don't have that burning desire that I used to have. I don't have that desire to witness. I don't have that desire to be that example. Oh, yeah, if it's something funny, you like to talk about that. But when it comes to the seriousness of God, how much do you like to talk about that? Can you testify to others? Can you do it? Is that river flowing in you tonight? If it's not, I want you to make your way down to this altar and say, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of those that that river is not flowing through me like it should. I have not been the example that I should be. My testimony is not what it should be. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on. I want this entire church, if you realize tonight that it's not flowing in you like it should, I want you to come to this altar tonight and let it flow. Let it flow. There's people that are on these pews tonight. If I stand long enough to preach your funeral, I will never be able to say what I said over Brother Joe because you resent the ministry. You don't like the ministry. You'll make fun of the ministry. And you'll die and be lost and go to a devil's hell. Oh, there is a river. Let it flow. If you want the Holy Ghost, if you want healing tonight, it's around this altar. If you want God to do something in your life tonight, it's down here. Here's a young man that a river used to flow through. I want somebody to come down with him now. Holy God, holy God, holy God. My Lord, my God, my God, my God. I never want to get to the place that I am so self-righteous that nothing can touch me. Nobody can reach me.